Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We have to move quickly this week. We are on the road. Uh, we are in New York City. I'm here live with Ryan Nanny. Say hi, Ryan. I'm I'm even more handsome in person than it, I am on the radio. Devastating. And joining us from his usual spot in Kennesaw, Georgia, is Jason Kirk. Say hello. Hey, what's up? We have a lot to discuss, so we're actually going to put things on a timer because we have very little time and everything happened this week. First up, we have to discuss Steve Spurrier. Ryan and I are very emotional about this, so I want to start with Jason talking about eel bowl coach. <laughs> I have no emotions about this whatsoever. I, it's, it's merely a coaching transaction for me. Um, just just replace his name at the top of the spreadsheet, the South Carolina spreadsheet, put in a new one. That's it. Bastard. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Of, of course, I, I'm emotional as well. You cold but, and unfeeling uh, there, there's, bastard. There's obviously less personal stake in it as there is for you two gentlemen as you are both uh, massive Duke Blue Devil fans. I, I would say... I would say I'm mostly a Buccaneers fan, and that's why I have a Spurrier connection, clearly. As USFL historians, you both have a long, long tie to the man. The Tampa Bay Bandits were an influential team. They were kind of like the velvet underground of football teams. Only seven people saw them, but they all started football teams after they saw the Tampa Bay Bandits. This does give us an opportunity, though, to possibly create the crossover I've always wanted to with, um, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a wine expert, a British wine expert named Steven, Steven Spurrier, Spurrier. Played by Alan Rickman in a in film. Bottle yeah. Shock, I think? Yes, Bottle Shock. Yeah, so, there, like, before you could have said, well, ostensibly Steve Spurrier is busy coaching. You can't say that now. Let's, let's get these two together. Let's put them on a little road trip. That's true. Through wine country? Mm-hmm. Through, through French wine country. Oh, man. This is like the trip, but hey, like Hey, man. Free. How you call Versailles Palace and you ain't even got a nine-hole course? <laughs> is this a more Vedra? It's a delicious vintage. <laughs> you American heel. <laughs> I do think this is... There was one weird argument that people made immediately, like almost before he resigned like so quickly, which is why is no one saying that he's quitting on a team in the middle? Why doesn't anyone of the media say that? And the honest answer is because we like him. Well, it's that. And also he'll tell you like he made no pretense of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I don't think I don't see a reason to stick around. Like, I don't think he, I don't think he would care if you said you quit on this team. He's like, yeah, I know. I told you, were you not at the press yeah, conference, son? <laughs> There's also the other factor of, you know, if everyone is saying why is he, isn't anyone saying he's quitting, that counts as everyone saying he's quitting. Yeah, like, he quit. Also, it, it's kind of naive. We all I, agree on that. Yeah, I think it's naive, too, because that's not how the college football calendar works now. Realistically, firing season's now. It's not at the end of the season. People don't wait anymore. Yeah. Spurrier just auto-fired. <laughs> <laughs> he may be the first coach in the history of the sport to fire himself. It's respectable, really. No, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird move, but yeah. but that's how he was going to go. I mean, I don't think any – like when you hire a coach. Right. And this leads into our next topic somewhat. Oh, we still got two minutes on this oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, so. we're going to be fine. Okay. But you we don't have two minutes – to fill on, <laughs> we'll be fine. But you don't expect surprises, right? Mm-hmm, you you mm-hmm. sort of know what you're getting, yeah. right? And that's always been the deal with Spurrier. Spurrier's always been the guy who he could go at any second. That was dating back to Duke, 
And Florida, Foley himself, this is a quote from a 1997 article, right? It said, we're going to give him a raise because we know we're competing with the NFL. We know he could go at any point. This happened, by the way, to the point where the alligator, when I was there, had in the boxes with the papers, Steve Spurrier accepts Tampa Bay Buccaneers job. Mm. It was in in the morning. This was pre-internet, by the way. So you picked it up and immediately shat your pants. Yeah, because there was nothing to tell you it was wrong. Right. And it was completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands yeah. of copies. Let's Before we move on to the next topic, let's. Steve Spurrier made a point of saying that he was resigning, not retiring. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about non-college football options for Steve Spurrier. My favorite, I think, NBA head coach. I think he, he doesn't have to recruit if he's a head coach of, you know, let's say the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can just sort of, uh, wear, you know, put on, put on a tie. He can th- throw the visor. That's going to be fun, especially indoors. Don't know why you're wearing the visor in the first place, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be my vote. He might go get to coach Louisville. <laughs> that could happen the, and maybe the college basketball team especially don't you want to see calipari and spurrier going at it barbin yeah. i bet they I, I bet they just get caught up in it and just be like yes we can't we can't keep up with payroll come up here and kiss me steve and they do and it's beautiful yeah that's i think basketball coach is a good alternative i think that maybe he'd be one of those guys you know the uh course marshal mm, yeah on a golf course goes yeah. around tells people what what not to do mm-hmm. spurrier just politely might you, you're gonna clean up that divot hey man you're playing too dang slow messing up this course like that playing slower than the will Muschamp team <laughs> all right that was our five minutes that's good mm-hmm. uh jason what's top that's number it th- no, yeah. no one will ever talk about steve spurrier <laughs> ever again good uh jason you want to give us our second topic uh, which one are we doing next? Oh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is fired at USC. Oof. USC fires Steve Sarkeesian. Oof. Yeah. He uh, he was the coach. And then he was uh, a coach with an interim coach. And now he's not the coach anymore. I The most USC thing about this is that Steve, Steve Sarkeesian was not doing well at USC from a job performance perspective, given that they lost to a pretty mediocre Washington team at home. At Washington home. team at home. At home. He, I would argue that he comes out of this looking third worst. Ahead of him, in, and we can decide which order they, uh, they come in, uh, Pat Hayden, the AD, mm-hmm. looks real bad right now. Maybe ahead of him, though, the search firm that USC paid, how much, Spencer? About a million? A million dollars. One million dollars. A million dollars to tell you, yes, you should hire the man that you already want to hire. Mm-hmm. It's the most expensive best friend you could you could possibly have. It's the toy. It, and two, two funny things about that is you should hire the guy who is exactly like the guy you just fired, except with slightly more head coaching experience. And also... <laughs> What were you searching if you did not know that th- these things about Steve Sarkeesian? Because, like, everyone knew these things. Yeah, like, I, I am on the other side of the country from Washington, and I knew full well these things about Steve Sarkeesian that there are these things he struggles with um, that could become a problem under a larger spotlight. And somehow this search firm found nothing. You paid them a million dollars. Okay, so. Informal poll, three of us. Um, Jason, you knew, right, that he was at least a person who was mentioned as being like a potentially problem drinker, right? Right. You'd heard enough anecdotally from people that you trust and know. 
Sure. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, outside of this little think tank, right? Like, mm-hmm. outside of our and, pool. And, like, to be clear, we're not talking about, like, three days ago. We're talking about, like, last year and and, and beyond. Talking like, about, like, this was, talking about, like, this was something that ago. if USC did not know that, that's incomprehensible. Yeah. And, and I will third that, that we have a 100% knowledge rate on this, that everyone knew that he was the kind of guy who, at the very least, hit it so hard that other people in the business and the community who also drank and went out with him were like, whoa. And acknowledge that, yeah, he's a degree above everyone else. And for USC to pay someone a million dollars and say that that was not part of it, I do not comprehend. Yeah, it's... The whole the whole ending of the of the Sarkeesian uh, era also smacks of like what was the plan here? Because you went from within twenty four hours, Steve Sarkeesian's on indefinite leave to Steve Sarkeesian is fired, and oh by the way, he found out because friends of his texted and emailed him their condolences. Like, I don't I don't understand how ads can't do real basic like. If you fired someone at a Burger King, you could you would do a better job of it than this, right? You would actually tell them. You would call them. You would wait till you saw them in person. Wait till they work. We, we are also yeah. talking about Pat Pat Hayden, who is on the playoff committee, who therefore is one of the council of elders in this sport, uh, and who last year during a game actually charged down from whichever throne he sits on at the Coliseum during games to argue with a ref during a game. Uh, this this is this is this is a person in charge of this sport. This is one of the. the Highest supreme rulers of this sport. All right. Well, let's let's consider though who on that playoff committee that's not currently employed by a school has had coaching experience and might be tapped. Ty Willingham. It's like you're reading my goddamn mind. Ty Barry Alvarez. <laughs> Barry. Okay. Sure. Sure. Hey. Who you know will what? no longer fill in just at Wisconsin? I was he can now say. fill in at any coach with a tie to the committee. Bobby Johnson. Bobby Johnson. OG Bobby Johnson. <laughs> Condoleezza Rice. Sure, absolutely. With Barry Alvarez, you hire both your own coach and your own interim coach. It's oh amazing. Because the, the most thing, like Spurrier. I think the one you hire is the newspaper guy who had a Twitter that was just porn links and it's deleted now, but <laughs> it was totally up for like three years and nobody's ever heard of the guy, but he's got a great reputation. I hired, you hire that I guy hired, a, I hired a search for him to look into his Twitter history and I didn't find anything. It's perfect. Pa- paid him a million dollars. Okay, 10 seconds left on this topic. Spencer, who's next at USC? Just name. Give me a name. Go. Kyle Shanahan. Okay, perfect. Three, <laughs> two, and we're done. Good. Next topic. <laughs> Next topic. We did actually have we did, we had another thing before all of this happened. Yeah. Before Spurrier, before Sarkeesian, we had a firing in Maryland. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, right, f- I don't know if we're going to make it five minutes on this. I it's, think we can. You think? Yeah. Okay. Man, it's going to be a sad five minutes. But let's go. Okay. Randy Edsel's fired. Randy Edsel is done. Done. Toast. We can we can read the Wikipedia page for the state of Maryland if need be. <laughs> you know, if you look at if you look at Randy Edsel's record, by the way, like it's really amazing that he didn't fired sooner. It really is. It has to be only the kind of like institutional inertia that you can only get at a place like Maryland that doesn't even know what their expectations are football wise. Like, really, what are they? My favorite fact about Maryland football, when you say, well, they've had success in the past. I'm like, they had a coach die of Rocky Mountain spotted fever. 
That's how cursed they are. Okay. Admittedly, that was quite a while ago. But when you look at him, he at Maryland just had a just a miserable, miserable time. Multiple eight and nine win seasons at Connecticut. Nothing that's going to blow anyone's doors off unless you consider the context. But at Maryland, like seven and six. That's the peak. That was the peak. And I like that people tried to argue, oh, well, jumping to the Big Ten just made this an impossible. I mean, dude went two and ten and four and eight his first year his first two years at Maryland in the ACC with a team that had just gone nine and four under Ralph Friedgen. Yeah. I mean, the 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 Friedgen firing to replace with Randy Edsel now feels like a premonition of fire Bo Pelini, hire Mike Riley. It has a lot of the same elements <laughs> where you're just sort of like, yeah, you know, he's an institution, but he just can't get us where we need to be. We need to find the guy who will take us to Mount Championship. And now you are lying dead, a hundred feet short of base camp, wondering what the fuck went wrong. That's that's called punting on base camp. <laughs> it, it, it's It's sort of the thing where like, we we need a coach who's about as good. We just need less less coach. Like we we just need less of a person here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need we, we need we need all the all the rough edges and all that stuff. We just don't want any of that. And you Ra- hear Andy Etzel? Cool. Randy no Etzel is actually no just a, a human corpse full of grass clippings. So that made sense from that perspective. Yeah. Surprisingly animated, considering. Yeah, wore a hoodie really well, which I think is an easy 20% of the entire role at the University of Maryland. Oh, especially if you're going to the Big Ten. You definitely need to have that hoodie game tight. I think that's why they entered they the Big Ten that. in the first I place. I also feel that he was really good at appearing extremely tall. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm told he's only about 6'3 or so. No, which no, is no. no. He tall. looked like nine feet tall on the sidelines. Well, he had wingspan. Yeah, he looks, he looks, like, he looks like a fucking tree. Yeah, he, he does have an ent thing going on, or like he could transform into a a condor or something at any moment. Well, there is also a clip. I think it was last year, or the year before when there's a ball flying off the field, which imagine that happening during a Maryland <laughs> game. Uh, and he skies, he just j- leaps up and, and extends his, his four foot arms up to grab the ball. And man, I swear he could, li- if, if something's stuck in, stuck in a tree near your house, Randy Etzel needs something to do. You go get him to do it. Extendo. And, and if that, if that something is, you know, valuable, like say a five-star recruit, Randy Edsel will somehow render it half as valuable. No, he's not getting out of the tree will in the first it. place. That's, it'll it'll that's, fall to the ground. Its knees will not be in good shape. He'll, yeah. he'll knock it out of the tree and then James Franklin will take it from him. Exactly. <laughs> and then it'll gain like nine yards um, against Temple. Let's, let's talk about the, I don't care about who Maryland hires next. Cause I frankly don't think they have a clue who they're hiring next. No, it will be somebody, but it, it, like Dino Babers yeah. is probably like, that's, that, like I assume people will make don't do this Dino. They'll do the dumbest, easiest decision. Not that hiring Dino Babers is dumb. Right. He's done a really good job at Bowling Green. But what they will do is say, "Don't you want that guy mm-hmm. who scores a lot of points and who mm-hmm. beat us at home?" Mm-hmm. Like I will, like I would put twenty dollars on the table. Twenty dollars that they hired Dino Babers simply because they're like, "Well, that guy came in the neighborhood, man. He beat the hell out of us. That guy beat up my dad. He's my new dad." Yeah. Um. And 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 listen, if winning at Maryland makes you the head coach. You have way, you have a lot of head coaches, Maryland. <laughs> let's but let's talk before we're done with this topic about the current interim coach at Maryland, Mike Loxley. Uh, remind the remind the listeners what Mike Loxley is best known for, please. Well, he's best known for a couple of different things. Mike Loxley is known for punching an assistant when he was at pow, the, yeah, right in the face, old fighting Mike Loxley. 
He fights and fights. He punched an assistant in the face. Uh, later became a lawsuit, I believe, that was eventually settled. That by, sounds right. By the University of New Mexico. His record when he was at the University of Mexico was 2-26. and 26. He is known as an elite recruiter, which is also good code for I have really creative ways of using Southwest points to get free <laughs> passes for recruits so they can go home. That's an elite recruiter. That's what Mike Loxley is. He is also probably the most beautiful fruit of the Ronzo coaching tree. Oh, my God. Why didn't we chop that down already? Mm. Oh, it's growing through the sidewalk, <laughs> making us run bubble screens. And before I sound too bitter and salty about all this, he was on the 2003-2004 Florida staff. Ronzo. Cool. cool. Final penultimate Penultimate. Staff. Penultimate staff at the University of Florida. <sighs> Seriously, a really great recruiter who... Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> he won two games at New Mexico. So I'm hearing Ron Zuck, Maryland head coach. Wow. Beautiful. That's all Grace. the time we have for that topic. <laughs> we end Next. on that. That's criminal. <laughs> Next. Ryan, you're going to intro this topic. It's about our own dear alma mater, the University of Florida. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about Florida's starting quarterback, well, formerly starting quarterback, Will Greer, suspended for, have we, have we even figured out how long it is? It's he's definitely suspended for a calendar year. He may lose, I believe it's twelve years of eligibility. I think they hook you up to that machine from the Princess Bride and they just suck seven years of eligibility out of you. If you uh as he did, tested positive for PEDs. Yeah, we're not even That is correct. Each each week he, each game he misses is like that one planet in uh Interstellar with the waves. He'll, <laughs> it, it counts as twenty five years, I believe. Yeah, it'll be some sort of unnecessary or necessary roughness plot where he comes back at the age of like thirty five. Right. If you if you understood the the end of contact, you can explain Will Greer's suspension basically. Yes, I think you got to go primer uh, to to really get uh, people who understand this slightly better than me. Keep explaining it to me, and I am nowhere nowhere close to explaining mm-hmm. uh, exactly how much eligibility he has left. Yeah, he's a looper now. What was the substance he was taking? It, that has not been confirmed. There was a uh, one one steroid that was being floated as uh, uh, th- as what he was taking, but then I believe Florida or Florida sources specifically Legan- said it was Legandrol. Yes, but Florida, later somebody did come out and specifically say it wasn't that. Yeah, it's uh, it's the one thing that it's designed for when you have cancer and your muscles are falling off, that it's the thing that keeps them on, sure. which, sure, that sounds like a great thing to take when you don't have cancer. I can understand, uh, but, though, if you played for Will Muschamp, you might think you have football cancer. The whole team did. You were, you were that close to it. I mean, my God. It's a logical conclusion. It, but yeah, Florida came out and said, it's not that. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's not that. It's not that. Keep guessing. Which I think that means like it's like napalm or something. Yeah, if you don't know how these work, by the way, this is an NCAA test. It was not an institutional test. The NCAA can swoop in and do their own testing whenever they like. And I, I <laughs> Florida drug test. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they do. It's just a matter of notifying. You have, yeah, it's, it's to make sure that you're taking something. Yeah. <laughs> this is Florida, son. What are you, clean? <laughs> so the drug test, we're going to make sure you're good at them. He got 100. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> This was an NCAA test, and I was at Mississippi State when the NCAA arrived for a test uh, for Dan Mullen. Coaches do not like this. They despise it when the NCAA – and the main reason they don't like it, besides the fact that maybe one of your players has made a mistake and you'll be ineligible, and they've done their steroids incorrectly and not cleared them, right? Like if they're doing them during the season or during spring. The other reason they don't like them is because it interrupts their schedule. I have it down to the minute, and someone comes in and says, the NCAA wants a player to pee in a cup for you. And they're like, oh, damn it, damn it. 
It's it's not. Can, can he do it while he watches tape? Yeah. Can he? <laughs> and through the magic of the iPad, he can. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> you saint of a man. The other thing about this case is that it puts Trayon Harris as the starting quarterback at Florida, which I don't think is. I know Greer's play was really good. He's been really good and accurate in that short to mid-range pass. Trayon Harris has a better deep ball. He's got plenty of experience playing. I don't know if it's quite the disaster people play. Plus, if I look at it from a purely defeatist perspective, winning six games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're bowl eligible. (laughs) Bowl eligible. That counts. In Um, year one? The... This also does not change the the secret story that I think is uh, behind Florida. Florida, and I said this to uh, Bill Connolly on selection committee this week, Florida's going to lose a game because it misses like three field goals. And it probably will be. It, the LSU game is a Ooh. great, great candidate for Ooh, that's that. That's Les Miles tailored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing coming up, by the way, oh, Florida did have a player arrested today. Oh, boy, for for one of the most heinous things you can do that doesn't involve wounding someone, I suppose, or terribly wounding them, uh, terribly wounding them. Yeah. Uh, really, really horrendous crime. We had a, uh, I, I, I'm not laughing. I'm like, it's so bad. That would be Deandre Porter accused of allegedly firing a gun at his pregnant girlfriend. No, well, not at. I think Bud explained, hopefully explained this, just around. Around. Just in the vicinity. Do we really of... want to get into, do we really want to get into the fine parsing of at or around his pregnant girlfriend? I mean, if you're, if you're Huntley Johnson, you sure as hell do. <laughs> Huntley Johnson, mm-hmm. defense attorney to the stars of Alachua County. Gainesville MVP. Real quick, looking up at the week that will be in terms of college football viewing it's i mean this is a fairly nice week no jason yeah this is really good i mean we get i mean we get two decent uh thursday games we get a couple friday games that could be fun and then uh, everything on saturday is pretty spread out uh, if you're gonna pick, uh, over, overall just the sky high view it's good if you're gonna pick one to ogle at and to circle on the calendar what is it gonna be for you i'm gonna go michigan state michigan um, I, I think the Spartans, their 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 trapeze act that they've pulled so far this season, it will not fly against Michigan, which is really good. Um, and as a, a part time, uh, you know, a part time Michigan State fan, obviously, I would like that not to be the case. But oh man, I I, I just feel <laughs> I just feel so much so much impending horror if like this game goes the way it looks like it could go. Just the whole it, it, for an East Lansing, it would just feel like you know the last five years have just been. This fleeting temporary mirage that's totally gone, it just like that. It'd be very Michigan State. It'd be so. So yeah, as, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. I, no, I just I I, I I I guess I'm just worried that'll happen. But also really looking. Michigan's for, fun to watch. I was going to say guess. also they are they they're they're a delight to watch, which is the weirdest thing in the world to say that Michigan football is a delight to watch, and I would actually like to watch Michigan-Michigan State. Ryan, for you. Uh, I will go with Baylor-West Virginia. Uh, This is a home game for Baylor, and this was their only loss of the season last year, so there's a little bit of a revenge element. But from a a let's learn something, this this is the first team resembling a defense that Baylor has faced all year. And Baylor has been fucking awesome on offense i think they are on pace to break the single season record for uh yards per play by an offense 
West Virginia can play some defense. They did lose one of their key members of the secondary, I believe, a week and a half ago or so. So it, it may not ultimately uh, uh, be as potent as we would have liked. But it, it, I'm excited to watch Baylor as they actually start to – I mean, look, Baylor doesn't play anybody as sort of a tired trope. I'm excited to see Baylor start to play some somebodies. That's true. Also, one interesting fact about Baylor, they've been over 50 every single game yep. thus far. yep. And this is not September twelfth. No, nope. <laughs> we are we are five games into the season, and they have gone over sixty four times, and they have gone over. They've hit seventy once in two thousand and thirteen, probably their best offense yet. They went over seventy three times. Who so. do you who do you think? What do you think is the higher number in the end? The number of touchdowns that the Baylor offense scores per game, or the number of touchdowns that UCF scores in conference play, let's say. Baylor. Okay. Just going to go with that. The game that I am looking at, it's a predictable answer, but I will go ahead and take it. I am looking at Texas A&M hosting Alabama because this is the game where we find out if A&M is actually good. And by the way, I don't think A&M being good means a win. No, they they can hang with if they hang with them. That's probably enough to be like, yeah, you got you got something. Yeah, I mean, let's say they have last year's scoring margin. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> can, can we can we put it this way? If they score, that's improvement. If if you score and you hold them below fifty, that's your benchmark this week. A and M, we're going to hold you to it. If you don't know, they lost fifty nine zero last year. Yeah. in Tuscaloosa. But that's the advantage of setting like. You do poorly on one test, like you know, if you get if you get two C's on exams consecutively, well, that's disappointing. But if you improve from an F to a C, hey, buddy, you're doing great. There if is, you get ten points this year, you are only what five six years away from beating Bama again. Yeah, this is the Dan the Dan, what we call the Dan Mullen gradient, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we scored a touchdown against Bama. These are these these are rollover points, right? I can add them all up and use them at some point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to score 50 on them one year. Then we're just going to wait another decade, store them up. I think I think that's actually Auburn's plan this year, saving up all the points for Bama. <laughs> mm-hmm. for, or for mm-hmm. Georgia. It's probably for Georgia. Oh, <laughs> it's, come on. It's Georgia. It's, we, it'll be, what will that be? That'll be like uh, seven and two, something like that, Georgia. And oh, oh there, nope, sorry, sorry. You weren't saving your season, actually. I'm also looking forward to, it's a late game, it'll be brutal, but UCLA at Stanford. Yet another interesting Pac-12 tool. I was talking with somebody this week. Everyone in the Pac-12 is going to end up with two losses. Everyone. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. So Pac-12 fans, uh, whether it's accurate or not, go ahead and ready those deepest conference in America arguments because oh you're going to need to. And then we're going to get to have the fun argument of uh – Oh, who like some crappy one loss ACC team be like, well, you know, it's still a conference championship. Like Notre Dame. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Don't give them hope like this. They don't listen to podcasts until we put them out on phonographs. Put the Victrola saying profane and disrespectful things about the Irish. 